This morning, Dr. Suzanne Mendez, a pediatric hospitalist at St. Charles, is our guest. Suzanne, Dr. Mendez, thank you so much for calling. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So first off, uh, tell me a little about you and your background, please. So I've been a pediatrician about 20 years now and always worked in the inpatient setting. So I don't work in the clinic, but um trained at Stanford and worked in the pediatric intensive care unit there for a bit after residency and then transitioned to working um, just on the pediatric unit in that area and then came up to Bend and have been here about seven years running the pediatric hospitalist program here. So a pediatric hospitalist is what? So it's a pediatrician who focuses just on the hospital. So we see the newborns and then kids who are sick enough to require hospitalization and sometimes kids within the emergency room, if they have any questions for the pediatrician. What are the typical ages uh, that a pediatrician treats? So we see them anywhere from first day of life to up to age 18. Okay. So uh, we've heard a lot about the flu season has been pretty hot. We've heard things uh, about COVID still being around, and we've heard this thing called RSV can you kind of separate those out for us and what what is in particular uh, hitting children and is it uh, extensive here in Deschutes County? Yes, yeah, so RSV um, is a respiratory syncytial virus is the, the full term for it, but we, RSV is just easier to, to say. Um, it's a winter virus that we see every year in kids. It tends to peak more in January or February in Oregon. So this is very early, and it's been early across the nation. Um, and we really didn't see much at all the last couple of years because of people with social distancing and wearing masks. And so it's really just come back with a vengeance this year. Um, and so usually it affects mostly children under age one get the most severe version, but we've had really sick two- and three- and four-year-olds as well. And any kids who are born early or have any underlying lung problems like asthma tend to be more severely affected as well. So the whole state is just super busy with kids with RSV and to the point that we have twice weekly phone calls across the state with the Oregon Health Authority and trying to figure out uh, triaging patients to the right area. Um, And uh, so it's been a real challenge. How serious can this get for children with RSV? Sorry, go ahead. How uh, serious of a disease is this RSV for children? So it's it's a very it can be very serious in the youngest children, especially. So um, right now, when we are seeing newborns, we're counseling people to really try to protect their newborns from anybody with any sort of respiratory illness and. Often the older siblings are the ones who bring RSV home as well. So if the older siblings have any signs of a cold, trying to keep them away. Um, But it can also cause trouble in elderly as well. So if the children are having signs of respiratory, any respiratory illness, making sure that they um, also are careful around their elderly grandparents too. You want to expand on the cautions that people should be taking? So as far as Sorry. Uh, as far as precautions, um, the um, the main thing is just, uh, you know, good hand hygiene. Um, for RSV, it tends to be more large droplets. It can live on surfaces for a while. Um, so 
if other children are sneezing or coughing, keeping them apart from the infants in particular. Um, and it can be contagious for about five to seven days as well. So being cognizant of that. Um, there's not so much asymptomatic RSV. Usually it's pretty obvious when a child has RSV but um, or has at least the beginning symptoms of a cold, just keeping them away from the other siblings um, or elderly people would be helpful. And then in terms of flu, which now we're seeing an exponential increase in kids and adults, um, that we do have, a, you know, there is a flu vaccine for ages six months and up. So getting vaccinated, it's not too late to get vaccinated for kids or adults to try to prevent serious flu infection. And in particular, we're starting to see some RSV plus flu together. When you have two viruses together, then it can be much more severe. Or if you've just gotten over RSV and then get flu within the next couple of weeks, that can make a much more serious case of flu as well. So is that called a co-infection when you get two at the same time? Yes. Yeah. And that's what um, nationwide, it looks like people are seeing a lot of co-infections, RSV with the common cold or RSV with the viruses that tend to cause croup. Um, so that those viruses actually can combine and, and make a much stronger infection. So, um, you know, just trying to be as careful as possible, especially right now, all the hospitals in Oregon are really, especially pediatric hospitals are really overwhelmed at this point. So we're hoping at least RSV will peak in the next few weeks, but then we're starting to see more flu. So, just being um, cognizant that, um, you know, there are somewhat limited resources due to so many people being sick at the same time and, and being extra careful right now. The flu vaccine came out like last late summer, early fall, and yeah. it usually is designed far in advance. They take their best guess as to what's going to be coming our way. How is it faring this year? It seems to be doing really well. I was on a phone call yesterday with Dr. Marie, who's our head of infectious disease at St. Charles, and um, she said it seems to be a, a really good match, um, particularly for preventing serious infection. Um, a lot of the the tests that we do, um, the swabs will show up positive for influenza 2009, which was our last really, really severe um, flu season was when we had H1N1, and so seeing some of that virus again, um, and it does look like the flu vaccine is very effective, so we have one more round of um, caregiver flu clinics at the hospital. And so she was encouraging all the doctors and nurses to get vaccinated, but also to encourage families and friends um, to get vaccinated as well to try to protect them and protect the community. You mentioned that there's a vaccine uh, available for children six months and older. How long from the date of the shot does it take for that vaccine to reach efficacy? Usually about one to two weeks. And for the first time the children get the shot when they're six months, it's, they have a second flu shot a month later to try to increase their immunity. But for the rest of us who've already had our flu shot the, the year before, it's just one shot. When a child starts to show with symptoms of any kind, how long and what should parents look for before they call for medical help or come to see, uh, maybe come to urgent care or emergency care? Yeah, that's a good question. I know um, my outpatient colleagues you know, want to make the point that you don't necessarily have to test positive for RSV to, to go ahead and do some of the treatments and, um, and trying to help your child, even if they have RSV or if they have adenovirus or paraflu. There's lots of viruses that 
the treatment is all really the same and it's just supportive care and trying to keep the child hydrated, um, keeping the, for the littlest ones, keeping their nose suctioned out since they don't know how to blow their nose and um, really they can't eat and breathe at the same time if they're breastfeeding or bottle feeding. So um, keeping their nose suctioned out and keeping them hydrated are the main things regardless of what virus they have. And then if there's a question of influenza, um, in terms of like high fevers or somebody else around them has had flu, then testing could be positive or could be helpful if they're positive in the first 48 hours of illness um, since there is the possibility of giving them Tamiflu, um, although there have been some recent shortages of that um, statewide as well. But the mainstay for any virus in children is just supportive care and then bringing them in if they're breathing really hard or fast or um, not peeing as much, not as many wet diapers, any signs of dehydration would be reasons to bring them into their doctor. The Central Oregon flu report, that was, uh, is that a, a regular report that's issued and what's, what's the latest numbers show? So the, there's actually a weekly RSV report and then there's a flu report as well. Um, and it, both of those look you know, and I think now after COVID, we're all very um, familiar with test positivity rate and um, looking at how many in the community are testing positive when they're test when uh, they are tested for flu. And so, I think the most recent numbers I saw were that about 17% of the tests for flu were positive this last week versus only five or six percent in, in the weeks prior. So it's just been an exponential increase in flu A tests. I think RSV. It looks like we've, we're having a really big early peak. It's usually January or February, but um, we may be reaching a plateau of that peak, but we're not really sure at this point. But we look at the test positivity rate every week to try to see where we are and then the total number of cases as well. All right. So your advice to parents? Yes. Yeah, so my Yeah, my advice to parents is just to, especially with the littlest ones, trying to keep them from large gatherings if you can. Um, consider having the adults mask and get vaccinated if um, they're not vaccinated already, um, so just so they don't bring illnesses home to their youngest ones. And then if their kids are sick, keeping them home for daycare or school so that they don't spread it to others is also really helpful. And then focusing on hydration and um, and making sure that kids aren't having too much trouble with their work of breathing or breathing too fast, and then in which case we'd recommend they get checked out at the clinic or the urgent care. Dr. Suzanne Mendez, pediatric hospitalist at St. Charles. Dr. Mendez, thank you so much for spending some time here today. Great. Thank you for having me. FM News 100.1 and 1110 KBND.